Blog Talk Radio. Oh, well, howdy doody, cousin. Glad to see you. Hey, where's that pretty red right note, huh? Where is you, huh? Hey, red right note. Red, red, hey, hey, red, red, where are you? Hey, where's that good looking babe? Oh, boy, I want to hug her. want to hug her and kiss her. Kiss her and hug her. Control yourself, cousin. Miss Riding Hood is not here. You will meet her this evening at the club. But remember, here in the city, we do not shout and whistle at the ladies. Come now. It's top hats and tails, you know. Live from Chicago and Las Vegas, you're tuned in to the show that's always on top of what's trending. It's Page One with LaVar and Mary on Blog Talk Radio. cold and windy Chicago, and I guess my wonderful friend Mary, who's out in Vegas, would tell you that it's cold and uh, fall out there. Oh, don't, don't. Yeah, it's fall out here. It is not cold to me, but there are people out there freezing their tails off because it's all of about 57 degrees. <laughs> I was going to say, even though it's 75 degrees, probably out that way. but <laughs> It's only about 65, but you know, I'm the window open, ecstatic. Static. <laughs> Horror. <laughs> you know, I was looking. Hey, uh, Friday, October 23rd, 2020. Thank you for joining us. Um, I always like like the National Day calendar, what it tells you. Uh, this Friday, October 23rd, it is National Boston Cream Pie Day. Uh, it is yeah. National Croc, Croc Day. National Mole Day. Uh, National mm-hmm. Paralegal Day. And also, it is Slap Your Annoying Coworker Day. <laughs> Let's hope that none I don't of have an did. annoying coworker to slap today. Uh, uh, yeah, I was going to say, I hope that none of you did that, because if you did, you probably would have been fired, and this would have been your last day. But, um, yeah. <laughs> what kind of mole is it? Wait, what kind of mole is it for National Mole Day? Is it a mole on your face like holy moly mole? Or is you it a what? mole that's like the animal that's basically blind and digs under the earth? Now, here's the thing. It did not say, but it had it under the category of special interest and under careers in science. So I'm guessing it is the mole that's actually on your face. Um, that is what I'm guessing. Um, mm. Also this weekend on Sunday, uh, it is – National Greasy Foods Day, which I guess culminates with football, and National I Care mm-hmm. About You on Sunday. So, mm-hmm. well, there you go. So that's some can of we make up a national day? Well, we can. <laughs> we actually national can, National the Blog Talk Radio Day? Yeah, or National Page One Day. I mean, we could, we could make it that. <laughs> um... <laughs> Make make up my own. Um, All right, there you go. Yeah, interesting thing is I announced this evening on our Twitter page. Uh, I am all for anniversaries this year, and and I forgot. Well, I did not forget. Uh, this year was the 100th anniversary of radio. Uh, I wanted to do something for that. Maybe before this year is out, I'll have something put together. But also this year will be my 10th podcast uh, started November 5th, 2010 here on this very station. Now, the weird thing is, is that if you go back and you look at the history of our shows, if you are a loyal follower like that, 
the first show that actually was on that November 5th is no longer in the rotation of shows because I went back and I actually, after one year, deleted said show. The next official show did not come until the 12th of November, but I started here on November 5th of 2010. Uh, but we will celebrate it. Uh, on November 5th, which is, what, a couple of weeks from yesterday, uh, I will have a special program pretty much kind of a retrospect uh, looking back at 10 years here and kind of giving you a little bit of insights about some things that have happened, some amazing stats, things that you didn't know. And also the weirdest thing, that week I'm going to do or I'm going to re-put uh, out there the 10 most listened to shows. Um, if you've listened in the last, God, I want to say, if you listen, if you listen in those last 10 years, the bulk of them, one came actually in year one. Uh, it was actually a month after I started. Uh, that show ranks in the top 10. The show that was still the highest rated listening one, I will give you a hint. It was not a celebrity per se. Uh, it was a person at that time that had a huge following online and has since kind of semi-retired to civilian status. That's a huge hint if you've listened. Um, yeah. But you'd be surprised at what the top most listened to show of all time was. Uh, a ton of listens. No, the next closest person uh, probably – by maybe 14,000 people, probably. <laughs> that was just how much that person had people who still listen to it, even all these years later, thinking it's still a new show, which amazes the heck out of me. But we'll do that on November 5th. So uh, with all that said and done, how's your week been? <laughs> <laughs> it's been an interesting week. It's been an interesting week. But it's a long week and it's almost over. Yay, Friday night. Woo-hoo. Drinkies yeah. and, and Halloween's coming up and it's great. But do you have, now here's the thing. Now I've been talking with some people and this is kind of like one of those things where people are on the fence this year. Some people have their Halloween costumes already. Some people have plans on Halloween. Some people, especially with kids, I don't know how you would, I guess, work all that in with everything that's going on. Some people said, hey, I just got a costume for my kid. you got to dress him up, but we're not going anywhere. We're just going to hang around at home. I'll take some pictures, and it will be done. I mean, if you're going to do all of that, would you just go out? Am I going to do all that? <laughs> oh, I'm, t- I'm going to. Well, let's back that up. <laughs> Halloween is my favorite time of year. It is my favorite holiday. Um, it comes in the same month as my birth, so we share something. No, I'm just kidding. Um, no, Halloween is my favorite time. It, it's it's a time where everybody gets to be somebody else for at least a day. You know, sometimes you can stretch it out throughout the month. If you have a lot of good friends that like Halloween too, then you can do it a lot. Um, but you get to put on a costume. You get to try out a different personality, and it's, it's really nice. It's really fun. Um, I have plans for a couple of different parties that are happening all the way up until Halloween. And at some point during Halloween night, I will be borrowing a child and trick-or-treating and getting some candy. (laughs) 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 Because my candy beard is now too old. But she's also got plans, and and she will be going to um, be wearing costumes and hanging out with, again, small a very small group of her friends for Halloween and they will be doing something because they're, they, uh, one of the, one of the group actually has a birthday on Halloween. So they're doing something for her. Um, I actually have a couple of different costumes. Yeah. What do teenagers do now for Halloween? They just hang out and just sit there. They just, I, I, well, I don't know about sit there, but yes, they just, they hang out. They have their, well, I don't know. This year is going to be a little bit different. In the, in the last few years, 
um, it has been a Halloween like party where there's people and they all go to somebody's house and they all hang out. And then later on, if they get, you know, they want to go and trick or treat, then they all go trick or treat and cause a ruckus in the neighborhood. Interesting. But, yeah. All right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, you know, I'm going to be interested to see how the majority of people probably celebrate Halloween this year. It's, it's, definitely different um i think you will still have some people who will break that rule and will go out and will do and have a party um bars and restaurants in a lot of major cities including here in chicago now being uh scaled back again because of a mm-hmm. growing rise of covid cases uh they have uh shut off alcohol sales at an earlier hour and now you really are back to uh these stages that we were back to a few months ago where you couldn't have no more than a certain amount of people. Uh, I think indoor uh, bar scene, that pretty much is gone bye-bye. It's it's going to be pretty much outdoors. And I know it's going to be kind of mm-hmm. cold. Um, so that Halloween going out to the bar, I think a lot of people will switch to homes, which I don't know is going to be a good idea, but we'll see in the long run. But, yeah, I don't know. I don't know, but I don't have Halloween costume. Uh, I mean, I guess I can dress as the next. I have one. You want to borrow one? <laughs> I, I I don't know if that nurse's costume will like fit. Um. <laughs> okay, you uh, can be the cat. Fine. <laughs> oh, I'll pass this year. I think I will dress up as the next scariest thing, which will be myself, and it will be good to go. Uh, <laughs> no sense. I want to, before we go into tonight's stories, and just to kind of give you a preview, we will talk a little bit of sports. Um, Something that uh, this week kind of came up in regards to the New York Jets, which, God bless, if you are a Jets fan, I feel bad for you. Um, Also, uh, another story, it seems, about uh, how people are now living these days as far as domestic situations. And then uh, something Interesting that Sharon Stone kind of announced uh, this week that might be something that's not going to be too shocking and maybe the norm from here on out. And then, of course, tonight's commentary, which pretty much I will admit to you, I kind of had to break uh, for just one night during commentary, something that I said was not going to happen much last week, but I kind of had to. I'll explain. Uh, But before we go further, I want to get into some old news, because before we left the air last week, uh, we kind of ran out of time a little bit. And I wanted to talk about a story that I saw uh, locally here in the Chicago Tribune. And pretty much the byline for this, where it says, CPS students or Chicago public school students petitioned to shorten the class day and end homework during remote learning, citing headaches, stress, and too much screen time. And pretty much it came from a student who was getting headaches, feeling stressed, and struggling to finish her schoolwork early enough to hang out with her family before bedtime. Already this story lost its credibility because I don't know of what student wants to hang out with their family before bedtime. Um, So the eighth grader started an online petition to shorten the virtual school day. And she pretty much stated that COVID has been a stressful time for all, and that online school adds on to that. She says we still get the same amount of work, and homework has lost its purpose. And many more students have indicated that they wanted, to, they wanted more live instruction and engagement, but for some, stricter schedules this year have been too much. And while us, especially here in Chicago, we're still waiting to see if the second quarter will take students back into the classrooms, many feel that either way something needs to change. And so they're turning to online petitions in hopes of influencing the decision makers. And even this uh, young lady's mother said that she uh, has seen too much screen time, less sleep, more headaches. During the school day, she's typically glued to her computer from 8 a.m. to 3 p.m., often late into the evening to finish homework. Like many of her classmates, she feels more comfortable with her camera off. While some unmute themselves to speak during class, most just use the chat. In online school has made her anxiety go up a lot. She says the time has been really difficult on a lot of her peers' mental health. 
Now, some teachers have been supportive of the petition, even signing it, while others have told her how many things have to change before a suggestion could be possible. I guess, you know, thinking about this story and seeing now we've been in a homeschool situation most of the country with most of these students for pretty much close to about, what, six months, seven months? Uh, does she oh, have something there? Or is she kind of just, uh, are you going to I be mean, yes and no. And the screen time thing, absolutely. I think I think that's true. I mean, if you think about it, when they were physically in school, they weren't on their phones. They weren't supposed to be on screens. And, and they were looking, you know, there were, there were other places to be able to focus versus mm-hmm. focusing solely on a computer screen, even if they were in a programming um, web design or computer heavy class. There were other places to focus. So when they were in physically in school, I could see where their screen time would, would be less than what they are now. So she's got a point there. Um, shortening the day. I, I, I'm kind of against that part of it only because it's like, really? So you're going to tell me that you couldn't handle your school day before? Mm-hmm. That you could handle your homework before. Even better than that, if you don't want to focus on your screen and you don't have your camera on, why aren't you working on your homework at the same time? Right. And I don't want to see you on your cell phone. Or working on your homework. (laughs) Right. Working on your homework while you're doing the lessons so that you could be like, okay, while the lesson's going on, be like doing part of the homework and going, wait, I don't get this one. You've got the teacher right there. Right. For that instruction. So I'm, I'm not seeing where. And maybe, maybe, maybe I'm old-fashioned. I'm not seeing where shortening the day is a fix. Shortening the screen time, maybe, but shortening the day, I don't think so. Um, the problem comes in where if you take them off the screen, they lose their – what's the word I'm looking for? Um, it, it, it loses that – not even motivation, but the accountability. The accountability yeah. goes down. I know with my students um, – their day is shorter, but they have more things they have to get done within a time frame, and they have to check in in specific times um, mm-hmm. for her specific school. And then on top of that, she's also dual enrolled, so she's doing college courses as well. So there's a lot more responsibility on her to take care of those things. Um, that's where her accountability comes in, and that's why her day is shorter. Whereas an eighth grader, I'm sorry, unless you're a stellar student and there are those students that are stellar and that are going to be accountable for it, absolutely. I know a lot more eighth graders that are going to be, wait, I don't have to be on the computer or check in or be with, you know, be able to raise my hand or text or, or chat or whatever I have to do for these classes in the afternoon because my day is shorter. On my cell phone, playing on my Switch or my PS5, you know. I forget that. Minecraft. That's what they're going to be doing. So uh, uh, this whole screen time with headaches thing, uh, I mean, I get it. I do. I, a screen time for a lot of people do get headaches from staring at screens all day. I mean, I know workers that do. But yeah. it, it, it's one of those, like, it, it's that trade off. She's got a point. But then she doesn't. Yeah, it's kind of right? almost like at the same time too. You're gonna say, okay, well, if and if I'm an administrator, I'm gonna be like, well, if you want less screen time, then here's what we'll do. I will make the school day from eight to one. But mm-hmm. as far as homework, there will now be a tad more because we have to, you know, every school. And correct me if I'm wrong. You have to have so much quote instruction time in order to pretty much uh, account for spending and everything else that's done and things within the school, you know, like time. I even do eight to noon. But, you know, that additional three hours that we're now taking away, we now kind of expect you to have maybe, you know, additional, quote, uh, off campus, not on the computer, you know, but, you know, some type of, like, project outside of computer, looking on a computer and doing that research, 
that now has to be done. Um, something that, you know, I don't know how you could do it, but it's going to be additional homework because it's kind of like you're not going to be able to balance that out. Because right now for a student, and I hate to sound like that old person, that's your job. You know, if mm-hmm. I can work from 8 to 3 <laughs> oh, yeah. and not be in front of the computer all day, I'd love it. But I don't think it's that asking much because students will spend more time on a cell phone or on their iPad or in front of a video game where it doesn't seem to bother them that much. So this is bothering you how? Because mm-hmm. we go from Monday to Friday from school instruction, and on the weekend, what are you doing all day? You're either you know, on your computer looking up stuff on your iPad or playing seven or eight hours of video games. So uh, to me, you know, it kind of hurts your uh, argument here. Argument. Because if you're mm-hmm. able to do that, I think you should be able to do schoolwork. Yeah. But hanging out with your parents, I mean, that's a very nice sentiment. I don't think that's what's going on, but whatever. Um, right. There are ways of not having to do your homework into the wee hours of the evening. Don't procrastinate would be the first one. Um, mm-hmm. So, like I said, less homework. I don't think they need less homework. There's right. there's stuff out, and there are, there are I, I don't know, there are classes that do seem to have a lot of homework that are assigned. But if it's the same kind of – if the schools are treating the online um, platform as the same as if they were doing instruction and assigning the same kind of homework that they were instructing in school, if, they're, if they can say, this is what I've assigned in the past and this is what I'm assigning in the future and this is what I'm assigning now, and it's the same, okay, then I don't think you should have less homework. I am in agreement. It's something. It's kind of like you can't have both, you know. It. Uh, I don't know. That's that's. I, I can't work for me for some odd reason. I know I sound bad. I sound like the the old man, but yeah, it's yeah. I, it's it's not going to work. So come back to the you know go back to the drawing board, kids. Come up with something that's going to work, and maybe perhaps uh, it will. You know, I get it. You know, students are getting stressed because they're not in that structured environment at school and then go home, and they didn't have to be there. Now in front of a computer an additional amount of time. But to me, this generation pretty much lives in front of a computer screen. So I don't think – and plus, too, when the teacher's talking, how many people are actually paying attention to the computer the full time? You know, probably not that many. Like I said, most of them are on chat. Um so And even better than that, if they aren't if she if they're not on like again, my student has to be their video has to be on. Mm-hmm. That's part of their accountability. I need to see your face, kind of thing. If they're in a school system where she doesn't like having the video on and the camera's not on, prove to me that you're there. Prove to me that you can, if you're not if you don't have to have your shiny happy face looking at a camera watching what's going on then pay attention, but also work on your homework. I, I am, as a parent, I'm, I'm baffled by it. It's like, if I have to work 10 hours a day, so do you. You, you know what? Every, this, is, this is life, and it is life for you right now. So this is something that you've got to either figure out how to make it work or suck it up, you know, suck it up, buttercup kind of thing. I, coddling, right. coddling this generation is not going to help the the future. All right. Uh, by the way, a little bit of breaking sports news. Los Angeles Dodgers defeat the Tampa Bay Rays tonight, 6-2. They now lead the World Series two games to one. Uh, that game just wrapping up here moments ago. Um, before, well, you know, for commentary, I'll get into the next story tonight. Uh, this was a quick one because it feels like we've done something like this before. But this one came this week. Uh, story about a young lady named Lindsay Taylor who lives with her ex-husband Chris Kelly and her current husband Mike and her four children all in the same house in Putnam, Connecticut. That's right. In fact, Lindsay, Mike, and Chris recently bought a new house together 
that they'll all be moving into. Uh, they recently spoke with the Real Fix podcast explaining why they moved in together and how it's going. And after six years of marriage, Lindsay and Chris got divorced in 2016. However, they remained friends and co-parented their two children, Joanna and Lucas, who are now five and seven years old. That same year, Lindsay met Mike, and they quickly fell in love. They moved in together and an apartment near Chris's house so Lindsay can help raise their children. However, they soon found out the apartment was in foreclosure and they were forced to move out. And that's when Chris stepped in and offered to let the new couple move into his five-bedroom house with his and Lindsay's children. And Lindsay told the real fix the stars line, and Chris was just like, move in, let's just do it. It just felt like the right thing to do at the time, Chris explained. We had a child that was sick, and I just felt like he needed his mother here as well, and I just wanted to make it work at whatever cost. For Mike, the move-in was a bit uncomfortable at first. Of course it felt awkward, I said to him. I was in your shoes, and I don't think uh, I could have done the same thing. But everything went a lot smoother than we thought it would, saying that now he feels comfortable with the arrangement. And aside from Lindsay, Mike, Chris, Joanna, and Lucas, they also live with Lindsay's eldest children from an earlier marriage, Rachel, 19, and Lindsay and Mike's three-year-old, Harrison. Mike also has two grown children, he told the podcast. And one of the main reasons they decided to move in together was because Lucas, Lindsay, and Chris's son uh, has a granulomatous disease, or CGD, which is a rare immune deficiency disorder. And pretty much now... It is the river arrangement is working well, and uh, is this something that is not going to be the last time we hear about this? That I don't know, and I think I've said this in the past. I don't know if I could do that. That's kind of, that's, that takes a lot to because I think in that situation, if you're the odd man out. And somebody's going to be the odd person out because one of these times it's going to be a decision that's going to be made. Who makes the final decision on that? Is it the original parents or is it the new parent? Do they get a say-so? It may work well so far, but surely there's going to be a, uh, something that's coming up one day that's going to probably be a break in who agrees with what. Are you asking, or is that your opinion on it? I'm, I'm, that was my opinion that I'm asking. I said, does something like that, do you think something like that would work? It depends on the people. And, I, I, and again, that's, it's one of those, at least this guy was honest and was like, I was uncomfortable. I was the odd man out. This was the weirdest thing ever. Like, why are we moving into your ex's house? And I can see where that could be. I, I can see where that could be tense and that could cause issues. Here's the thing. Um, now, granted, I can't. I'm, I'm not going to happen in my life right now because, well, let's back that up. I can't say that. I'm friends with a lot of my exes, boyfriends. When they're so, there, there's no like kids involved. Um, would I move in with them and their spouse if there was some kind of link there? Maybe. Um, we're exes for a reason, you know. But that doesn't necessarily mean that I don't like the person themselves. With baby daddy, no, not that's not going to happen for me. But that's also I'm not going to I'm not going to stop and say that somebody else it won't work for. It's going to happen a lot. It, housing prices and, and prices and um, apartments are just becoming ridiculous. And if you want to have a big house. You either have to have a heck of a paying job or a lot of income. And I know I've been toying with moving in with other people and their families. I've thrown that idea out a few times, buying a large plot of land and building up something that would work, or buying a mansion and having a bunch of people live together that, like, actually get along and want to spend time together. I think that actually works better sometimes. It's more of a community instead of I'm in this big house by myself. I don't know. I, it, it's a weird it's a weird situation that's intriguing, I guess, for me. I wouldn't I wouldn't put it past anything. 
doesn't seem like this will be the last story we talk about. <laughs> it's, it's, no, it's I don't think so. I think it's a growing trend. Yeah. It's it's definitely a growing trend. I, I don't know, you know, in the long run, it's it's going to be some issues, I would think, where that person who is that newer person in all the midst of that one, and then what happens if the other guy gets married? <laughs> That's going to be two couples all living together. I mean, that's pretty much like the beginning of a commune. I mean, because <laughs> the other two people aren't married to each other. But, yeah, good luck with that, folks. I don't I don't know. Um, still ahead, um, why should Trevor Lawrence pull an Eli Manning? Or should he? Also, Sharon Stone says that she's had it. We'll tell you with what. But tonight's commentary, and before I go into that, I must say, as always, and, and I kind of uh, should be saying it, but of course the views and exp- opinions expressed by me in no way are of anyone else's uh, or of anyone else affiliated with the program. But bear with me here tonight. Uh, you know, sitting at a stoplight the other day, it kind of reflected how I felt about celebs this week. The red... On the red light certainly was for 50 Cent, who pretty much had me seeing red with recent comments stating he's voting for President Trump, even if he doesn't like black people. That is what he said, end quote. Now, I'm not one to be political, and I definitely encourage you to vote for your choice. But the problem was with the additional comment. You know, I don't know if the latter statement is true, but if it is, why would you still vote that way? And according to 50, it was because of the proposed tax plan by Joe Biden. So uh, 50 said that he'd leave the country if Biden was elected. Now, maybe he probably should leave now based on the idiotic comments. You know, if 50 lived in the 1800s, he probably would be okay with slavery as long as he ate well. Now, the yellow light pretty much was a cautionary tale, and it reminded me of Cardi B, who apparently has reconciled with her husband, the rapper Offset. She denies going back for attention, but instead stated that she's a crazy, and I'll let you know that the other word begins with B and ends with itch. <laughs> but she said that she pretty much can't make up her mind. One day, she's happy, and the next, she wants to beat him up. Then she misses him again. That's her quote. You know, <laughs> the additional reason in the rationale, if you heard it, was that she says also that it's really hard to have no... Uh, I guess I'll use the word eggplant, and if you don't know what that means, ask someone else. Uh, I'm sure those uh, pretty much things that she said uh, doesn't really justify her rationale for reconciliation, but it's pretty much it's a yield, because while I'm happy to see something saved, such as her relationship, I like you, and I'm pretty much biting my tongue because of her reasons for actually reconciling. Green light, pretty much, I guess it just reminded me that it's time to go away from the hot messes that are with celebrities. Though I'm kind of at the uh, next stop, which uh, pretty much is going. <laughs> I just thought about Cardi B. Um, but uh, that actually messed up. <laughs> but it reminded me that it's time to go away from the hot messes, like I said, it is with celebrities. Uh, though I'm pretty much at the next stop sign, which is pretty much a week away, and it will give me down that road again to probably something else to complain about next week. I almost feel like I have to go on the highway, but I'm kind of afraid now of all the signs over the next few weeks try to get down the highway to home. Hopefully you can, uh, but for the meantime, I think I'm going to stay away from Twitter a little bit. <laughs> You're listening to page one. We'll be right back. You're listening to Page One with LeVar and Mary on Block Talk Radio. Your source for all the current topics and news you need to know. Here's LeVar and Mary. Oh, hot mess central. Oh. <laughs> I'm not even sure. <laughs> I had to think about that again, even as I wrote it today. I couldn't even believe it, but uh, it's apparently so. I, I don't know why I put myself into those things of, like, actually, it, it was a trending Twitter topic all week long. And 
I couldn't believe both statements. Even if I had to read them three or four times and go back just to think that somebody misquoted something, and unfortunately it was not. <laughs> but, yeah. <laughs> Highway of life, my friends. Plenty of bumps, but uh, we'll try and take care of that. But uh, one of the other stories actually was a sports story, and it's actually kind of, in a way, it made me sad because this is the current crop of how sports has now become. And I know that my friend will disagree with me. But for those of you who especially watched the Jets this weekend or last weekend, uh, they pretty much were shut out uh, by the Dolphins. And they are still winless in the NFL this season. And they are pretty much the front runners to land Clemson quarterback Trevor Lawrence at the top of the 2021 draft. But why would he want to go there? Sports Illustrated wrote this week uh, that while watching Joe Flacco wobble into a geriatric Russell Wilson spin move, force him you know, to pretty much run for his life, everyone knows pretty much that time's ticking for Jets coach Adam Gase. And it's obvious that a few of the power players on the losing sidelines at Hart Rock knew that in April that if they had a number one pick, more than likely it's going to be towards a quarterback. And it is probably going to be towards Trevor Lawrence, who pretty much has stayed at Clemson. He seems like he's been there for like 10 years. I don't know why it seems like <laughs> he hasn't been there that long. But a lot of people are saying, hey, if I'm Trevor Lawrence, would I really want to play for the Jets? And a lot of them think that he should pull an Eli Manning. And if you kind of remember that uh, back when uh, Eli Manning, uh, back in 2004, uh, was – Drafted by San Diego, didn't want to play there, and they wound up trading uh, for, uh, of course, San Diego traded for Philip Rivers. Eli Manning went to New York. The rest is history. Eli won a couple of rings, but a lot of people said that behind the scenes that Eli and his dad kind of orchestrated that because they did not want to play uh, in San Diego. But it reminds me of the 83 draft, and if you are an uh, NFL history buff, you all remember what happened in regards to John Elway, who was drafted by the Colts. Pretty much his people said that he was not going to play for said Colts and that he was willing to sit out the year and, in fact, go and play baseball. Uh, it actually was the subject of a great 30-for-30 30 30 on ESPN, and in the end of the day, the Colts wound up trading him to Denver, and as they say with that, the rest is history. But it brought to mind a question here, um, because it seems like it's more and more happening where athletes are being a little bit more vocal in some ways, even though they're still walking that fine line of who they would play for and who they wouldn't play for. But when you're in that top echelon and you know you're going to be drafted somewhere within that top five, and if you know that you're probably the best in that draft class, you know you're going number one. And even if it's to a bad team, because that pretty much is the reason that that team got there was because they're bad, should players now start to dictate where they go, or is it just bad practice? Oh, it's a, it's a big N-O, no. Um. I have no problem with the player saying, I really want to play for the fill-in-the-blank. Uh, what's the name? Got, wanted to play for the Bears. That got drafted last year, played this year. He's excited. I have no problem with anyone saying that. I, it my, it's my dream to play for the, I don't know, Steelers. Whatever. Great. I'm glad that's your dream. If you're going to go number one, you don't get to go, but I'm not playing for. That's just rude. That's, if you're going to say that you're, I'm this and I can get whatever I want, okay, well, then don't get drafted and go walk on. Go over to the team that you want. Well, I'm going to play for the, I don't know, pick somebody, the Seahawks, and take over 
take over the position for a quarterback, and I'm going to start and have them right. go, oh, here you go. All right, I'm going to go pay, play for Tampa Bay while Tom Brady's there, and I'm going to take over for, you know, Tom Brady's going to step aside and give me the number one spot. Yeah, all right. Sure. Now, keep in mind, sure. Trevor has not That's said right. any of these, but it is other people who are starting to whisper and say that this is what he should do. Right. Now, what he should do is not listen to those people is what he should do. Um, he should figure out where he thinks he's going to end up and then how he can make that work to his advantage. Um, now, if he doesn't want to play for the Jets, just because you get drafted by somebody doesn't necessarily mean you have to play for them. We know this. This has happened. But if you're an ass to begin with about it, that that, that narrows the choices down sometimes. I, I as a per, maybe maybe it's just me being a fan. I wouldn't want to have to coach somebody who's a prima donna before they even start playing their first NFL game. I've already right. got a I've got a locker room full of prima donna. I don't need a difficult player. If I was a coach, if I was an offensive coordinator, if I was a defensive coordinator, I don't need a difficult player to add to my roster of other players that have played that I already know, you know. Um, so I would, if I was going to give him advice, I would say don't listen to those other people on what you should do. What you should do is keep your mouth shut, but in the not in front of the world. Figure out what you want, where you want to go, and how you want to get there, and then what's probably going to happen. Because that's going to be the only things that you can control at that point. But don't do it out in public. Don't be a butthead. That's my opinion. Yeah, it's kind of, you know, I, you know, it sets a bad precedent. Because the thing is, is that as a rookie or as, you know, a drafty, you're lucky to be drafted whether it is by the worst team or the best team. And if you are the best and you're going to the worst, then that only means that it's an upswing for the worst team to be the best, right? So I would think that by him going, and like I said, he has not said anything about this, but, you know, once you have played out your first contract, if you've played well enough, then you should be able to dictate where you go. But the thing is, is that no matter if you are the best, it does not necessarily translate into you thinking that you could just come in and state where you're going. Because we've all seen, quote, the next big thing come in, think that they're too good to be where they're at, and turn out to be a horrible pro athlete when they were a good college player. So... I don't think at this point anyone that is new into the league should be dictating where they're going. And quite frankly, when Eli Manning did it, I didn't think he was good then. The only thing that helped Eli out was that he had awesome defenses and he had good supporting players around him and lucked out in some Super Bowls. I hate to say it, Giants fans, but – even now, with two Super Bowl wins under his belt, people are still talking about if he's Hall of Fame worthy. And normally, once you win one, that's automatic. So, I don't know, you know, and like I said, I hope Trevor Lawrence is one of those people who takes this opportunity and runs with it and is successful and doesn't moan and gripe about where he goes and he sets a good example by going to the team that drafts him, signing, going to show up and play. And if he does well, everyone does well. I don't know. Just my take on it. I mean it. look at look at the look at the look at the good player like the big players that you like you the ones that you look at and go, Yeah, they're really good. Yeah, they're really good. They're usually and I'm, I'm going to say something, and I know it's going to come back to bite me, but they're usually not dicks. I mean, they might be in person. They might not be, like, really cool guys. You know, they may not be always nice. But for the camera, for the 
for the fans, for the public view of that person. And I'm not talking what's happening in the locker room. I'm not talking what's happening on the field. I'm not even talking about what's happening behind closed doors in their own homes. For the public view of them, the perception of them, is that they're stand-up people. Now, most of the time, those stand-up people are stand-up people in other areas of their lives as well. But at least that perception is they're stand-up people. But then the people that bitch, gripe, and moan, <laughs> Colin Kaepernick, um, they end up not playing. They end up being blacklisted because that's something that you just don't want to have to deal with anymore. Mm-hmm. And fans don't want to watch it anymore. They're there for the game. They don't care about your personal stuff. You don't like it? Go play somewhere else. You're playing a game. You're getting millions of dollars. Well, they may not get millions of dollars off of that, but you're getting millions of dollars to run around with the football. I'm sorry. (laughs) You know what I'm mad about? Uh, Normally, uh, I have a good sound clip, and I wish I had a sound clip of Herm Edwards saying you play to win the game, and unfortunately I don't. So shame on me. (laughs) Um, Live look at Twitter right now tonight. uh, Pretty much – uh, Twitter is dominated by the World Series. Uh, pitcher Walker Bueller, uh, 10 strikeouts, I think, uh, tonight. First pitcher in World Series history to record double-digit strikeouts and no more than six innings pitched. Of course, I had stated earlier the Dodgers won. Uh, also trending tonight, uh, besides wrestling and that, there is... Uh, other breaking sports notes, if you are a football fan, Antonio Brown, who just came off of suspension, apparently he and the Buccaneers have reached agreement on a one-year deal. And think about that. Tom Brady now has Antonio Brown, Chris Goodwin, Mike Evans, Gronk, and he's got his receiving core. So... A lot of uh, expectation now going there. But you know what? The one thing with the Antonio Brown one, uh, Antonio Brown is a great talent. But if I'm Tampa Bay or if you're Seattle where he was originally going to go, uh, you're pretty much probably breathing a sigh of relief. Um, The baggage that Antonio Brown takes in, I mean, you wish the best for him, but I would probably put him on a one-game contract or some type of per-game contract because you just don't know what you're going to get week to week. Um, also, the Big Ten opened tonight, and Wisconsin pretty much dominating, fighting Illini, beating them 45-7 to at Camp Randall. That's also trending tonight. I know you are a happy young That's lady. That's not a big surprise. The... <laughs> yeah, yeah. That game is not um, a surprise. It's the, it's the fighting Illini. No offense to University of Illinois, but of the Big Ten teams, they are quite weak. So, they really made it. But I'm really excited. Well, they made a bowl last year. <laughs> oh, okay. Better than Maryland, I would think. Um, but uh, I that is trending over on. Yeah, it's trending over on Twitter tonight. Uh, but uh, one other story this week: uh, Sharon Stone. Uh, who appeared on Drew Barrymore's show this week, dropped pretty much what some are saying is a dating bombshell. Uh, The actress told Drew Barrymore that she's, quote, done dating and explained her reasons why. She says, in quote, I've had it with dating because I just find people to be insincere and not worth my time. And I enjoy my alone time and time with my kids and my friends more. I just feel like I don't need another kid, she added. (laughs) She's 62. I don't want any insincerity and baloney and game playing. Stone says she isn't sure how to say it in a politically correct way, but she doesn't feel that, quote, men are at the same place that women are right now. She says, I just feel like that men that I'm meeting, I have really good men friends, but I just feel when it comes to emotional maturity and relationships that men and women are seemingly in different spots. Stone has had three sons and has been married twice before to journalist and editor Phil Bronstein and to author and producer Michael Greenberg. Uh, a couple of years ago, Stone had told People Magazine that she was through looking for a partner, and she says that I think somewhere in the back of your mind you think maybe one day you won't be a single parent, 
then eventually you realize, I think it's better. I'm no longer hoping for someone. And, uh, of course, Drew said that her stance is a phenomenon that keeps happening with women. And she says, I can honestly say this on my life. I don't feel lonely. Once I had my children, it's not that it replaces something or makes you less interested in something else. And I don't know is her feelings pretty much now the feelings of a lot of women in this time and age, or do we think that it's – because I would think that, first of all, it would be tough dating now in this COVID era. You're not going to get everybody out there. Is it something that uh, – what would be your advice to Sharon Stone? Or do you uh, agree that Sharon should just cut it off and just not even try anymore? I am wholeheartedly in support of whatever Sharon Stone wants to do for her own life. She doesn't want to date anymore. She's done with it. Congratulations. I am supporting her 100%. Here's the thing. I agree with her. I was nodding along. I am 100% in her camp. I don't. Okay. Not that it's a surprise. I think we said it a few times. I am a single person. I am a single mother. Um. I'm not going to say that I'm not lonely, so that part I didn't agree with. Um, there are days when I am lonely. Absolutely. There are times when I am lonely. Um, there are times when that companionship that you have with, the, um, with your partner, whatever partner you choose to have, is something that you do miss and that you do want, and that intimacy is something that you cannot recreate on your own. Does that make sense? Um, but I don't. I don't play games. I don't um, want drama. I I do want to communicate and I do want to have adult conversations and I do want to be part of something that's, if I'm going to be emotionally part of something, I want to be part of something that's not going to make me regret having given up my alone time. I want somebody that's going to add to my life, not either subtract or like move I don't need somebody taking something from my life and changing it into something else add to my life bring bring more to my to my life that that's the person that I would want next to me and so I understand 100% where Sharon's at um, so bravo to her for saying it out loud bravo to her for making that choice for herself and I support her choices for her own self there are a lot of women out there that I know that are single and in the same boat. I also know a lot of women that are happily in a relationship, and they're fine. So it, it yeah, it's, it's, I support her for herself. Like her choices for her own life, bravo. But there are a lot of people that are like that, and I am one of them. I'm so done with it sometimes. It brings a part of well, an interesting question too. Um, when you get to a certain level, um, do the expectations change at that point than what it probably was? Um, probably the from the first time or the third time that you and I guess for women overall, that you started dating? Because it, it kind of seems like, and you, you're right, I hear more and more people, and I even hear some guys say, eh, mm-hmm. eh, there's really nothing out there. It's kind of slim pickings. I don't know why there's such a huge discourse and why uh, people who probably would have dated before, now, don't, I guess, and she kind of hit on it a little bit, a maturity level. Um, it, it seems, and I'm not sure if I'm seeing it the same way, that for some people, uh, or and I'm not sure if you're seeing it either, like for a grouping of people, if they were in a mature relationship for a long time, once they get out of it, it's almost as if they don't know what to do with themselves and they want to go back and like um, sow some long-lost like oats. Mm-hmm. And they don't have time to go back and do what originally was the thing that got them into a long-term relationship because they don't care about it. 
I guess it's the minds of, hey, life's short. I was in something for a long time, so now I'm just going to let go and, like, find whoever wants to do the same thing I want to, and that's to live life like there's no tomorrow and screw the mature responsibility portion of it. Is that possibly one of the reasons why a lot of people – There's a lot of instant – yeah, no, there's a lot of instant gratification people out there. Like, they've been in a relationship, they've been in a long-term relationship, married or otherwise, and they go back out into the world because they're not in that long-term relationship anymore, and they just remember all the bad stuff that happened. They don't remember all the good stuff that happened, and it's like, I just want mine, and that's all I want to do. And there's nothing wrong with that at all. There's nothing wrong with that, as long as that's how you're acting. Mm -hmm. But it's the people that are doing that and getting other people that are trying to to actually find a long-term relationship or find a partner or find whatever. And that's where lines are getting crossed. And I think that's putting sour taste in everyone's mouth. That's what she said. But but no, uh, I think it is. Yeah. It's an interesting case study because I'd like to know why there's such a discourse because if, if she's dating within the same age range, I would think that everyone would have that maturity. <laughs> I would hope if she was, say, dating somebody in, like, their mid to upper 20s, that I'd be like, no, you're not going to find it there, Sharon. You're looking in the wrong spot. Very rare where you can find mm-hmm. somebody that's way younger that's not going to be looking for, you know, uh, one or two things out of a relationship and you're looking for maturity. You're not going to find it there, just being honest. Mm-hmm. Um but, yeah, it, it seems to be a more continuing thing, and people just pretty much just giving up on it and being like, you know what, nope, done. Um, if it happens, if it falls into place, it does, but otherwise we're not looking for it, which um, that's sad that it has to get to that point, and hopefully all of us can uh, at that point find somebody that meets that level uh, one of these days. So. Who knows? But, my friend, uh, looking at the clock, it is telling us that we are close to the end here, so I'm going to ask you if you have any shout-outs for this week. Not this week. My shout-out this week is not a shout-out, but it is more of like a mm. <laughs> But my shout-out okay. is to at least uh, – DVDs because that is what we will have of the Charlie Brown holiday specials after news came this week that Apple TV is pretty much hogging it all. And for the first time in over almost 60 years, it will not be airing any of the holiday specials on TV where it is aired continuously since 1960. So you will not see a Charlie Brown uh, Halloween. You will not see Christmas. You will not see any of those no longer on regular network television. So it's kind of the end of an era, and it's pretty sad. Um, I don't know what to think about that. Yeah, I'll say to all of you, go get it online on DVD and watch it at least next week. So, um, yeah, shame on you, <laughs> the powers that be. <laughs> Leave it back on TV. <laughs> But um, I guess that will end our show this week. Uh, As I stated, we will be back here again next Friday night, same time, 10 o'clock Central Time, 11 o'clock in the East. Thank you so much for listening uh, and for being there, as always. Uh, Big plans ahead. We will announce those in the coming weeks here on this show. But in the meantime, for Mary, I'm LeVar. Have a great week ahead. We'll see you back here next Friday night.
Thanks for listening to Page One. Don't forget to get the latest show info on Twitter at News Comment BTR and add us as a podcast on Apple.